the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Cohen said, though, in that open testimony, he had no direct evidence of collusion with Russia. The Senate Intel chairman also said at this point, no evidence of collusion at this point. Have you seen, do you have direct evidence of collusion with Russia? Well, I think there is direct evidence in the emails uh, from the Russians uh, through their intermediary offering dirt on Hillary Clinton as part of what is described in writing as the Russian government effort to help elect Donald Trump. Uh, They offer that dirt. Uh, There is an acceptance of that offer in writing from the president's son, Don Jr. Uh, And there's overt acts in furtherance of that. Uh, That is the meeting at Trump Tower and all the lies to cover up that meeting at Trump Tower and apparently lies that the president participated in. That, to me, is direct evidence. But there's also abundant circumstantial evidence. A refrain we heard for nigh on four years. Russia, Russia, Russia. Incontrovertible evidence from a man who, and this is a hard thing to do, is perhaps the most mendacious, the largest liar in Washington, D.C., a man called Adam Schiff. Let's talk to a man who is the opposite of Adam Schiff. He is a truth teller, also formerly chair of the August House Intelligence Committee, representing the 22nd Congressional District of California, We welcome a true freedom fighter, Congressman Devin Nunes. Welcome to America First One-on-One. Well, Seabass, it's great to be with you. I'm I'm honored, and I'm not sure that you should use the term august body for anything in Washington, no less Congress, and especially the House Intelligence Committee that, as you know, has turned into a complete scam show of impeachment and other other circus acts. I will caveat that and say it depends who's running it. When you were in charge, it was an august body. When that guy, that clown, took over and was tweeting out uh, classified information from closed-door sessions in the break, it became something very, very different. Great to have you on the show. Only guest on America First who gets to call me Seabass, but that's because he is Devin Nunes. Um, Congressman Nunes, I didn't want to spoil your day. I just wanted to tee that cut up to ask you a question that, that I have to give full credit. I lived in Hungary after the fall of communism, the land of my parents' birth, and there was an issue there in the 1990s. Nobody, not one person paid the price for the crimes of the prior regime. There was no truth and reconciliation, no truth committees. And one day, a very bright philosopher wrote a big article, changed the Overton window. And the, the, the The title of the article, Congressman, was, Is Our Nation Becoming a Land of No Consequences? Uh, 
I look at America in the last five years. I look at the lies of Schiff, the accusations of Brennan, of Comey, of McCabe, of Stroke, of Lisa Page, and I see one lowly lawyer at the FBI get a slap on the wrist, and I have to ask, as a person who's done the most to get the true story out, is America becoming a land of no consequences, Congressman? Well, I, ha- I still have hope, and you have to have hope in this line of work. I get up every day. I live in California. I'm coming to you from California where we got fires burning all over the place. you got politicians running around screaming global warming as my constituents and my family are engulfed in smoke, uh, just ash and smoke that are coming out of the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Uh, so, you know, you got to get up every day. We're in the trenches here. Uh, and you got to have hope that uh, things are going to get better. But to your point, things have gotten progressively worse. And this is something I've been thinking about a, a lot recently. If you go back to, okay, back in 2015 and 16, this started, the Russia hoax started as a, as basically a, a, a political dirty trick. Then sometime in 2016, they moved this to, well, we're going to actually forget about looking into Trump's business dealings. Uh, we're actually going to move this over to he's working with Putin. Uh, clearly, that was done as a, as a campaign spin. They were worried about whether or not Clinton was going to be indicted or, or not. Clearly, Comey let all of them off in an unprecedented uh, scam after and right after the July 4th. I think it was like July 5th of 2016. She was allowed to let she was letting go and scot free. Well, it's at that time. I think they knew that those emails were out there. Those emails are probably somewhere still out there now, the so-called server that was destroyed. And, you know, I'll just skip the rest of 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and and 20. uh, And where are we today? We're to the point where you now have gone from political dirty tricks to the attorney general of the United States uh, going out and saying that he's going to sick the FBI uh, out on parents that show up to school board meetings to address issues that this democratic republic was founded on that which is local government and your ability to go to your local government uh, to plead your case you now have the attorney general uh, in an unprecedented act to say that you know to essentially use the fbi to go out and target these parents essentially a warning shot across the bow so it's it's it happens it's a very slippery slope and i think nobody's uh, more uh, attuned to it than you see bass because your family grew up in it but i think what we're dealing with now is something that looks very much like a totalitarian state where you can't trust the justice system you can't trust the intelligence services you can't trust the military or the people in the military um it's got some very eerie signs of of a socialist communist totalitarian regime Well, you wrote the book Countdown to Socialism, talking about uh, our inexorable move towards it here in the United States. Uh, So five years ago, it was General Flynn, my my former White House colleague, who was targeted by the FBI. Now it's mothers at school board meetings. We have so much to discuss in this hour. So they've gone from a three-star general to mothers. Let me ask you, where does this end? What, what is the likely scenario? Does it become socialism? 
after the last year and a half with COVID and people, you know, genuflecting at the, the altar of fear that Fauci created? Are we going to comply? You are the antithesis of the career politician. You're a farmer. You're a citizen politician. From that vantage point, what is your expectation? Where does this end up, Congressman Nunes? Well, if you look at what's happened throughout COVID, the socialist states, so-called blue states, have become more and more socialist, bordering on on, on totalitarianism type of, you know, tactics that they're using, especially here in California, where now you just had the governor come out after he he narrowly escaped after spending a quarter of a billion dollars to defend himself outside of that money coming in in the last month, he likely would have been recalled. Well, now he's he's still here. Newsom is here. And first thing he does is he says, well, we're going to go out and we're going to mandate that all your kids get these shots. Um, and so this is and we expect more draconian measures to come in the future. So I think you're going to see more conservatives, Republicans, independents who want to live in freedom are going to leave places like California. I mean, every single day you can't get a U-Haul truck here in California without paying an exorbitant price because you have to pay to bring it back from states like Idaho, Tennessee, Texas, et cetera. So people are voting with their feet. They're moving with their feet. They're setting up a very dangerous situation here where we have a series of of blue socialist states and red free states. And at the same time, we've got the challenge of it's not just the content everywhere I go. And it's what I wrote in my book, Countdown to Socialism. I wrote it before the last election in 2020. But now, sadly, it's more relevant than what it was then. It was kind of a warning then. I think it's good to go back and look at it now so you know what's happening, because I wrote this before the Hunter Biden laptop from hell story was purged from the Internet. I wrote it before parlor was nuked from the internet by bezos and these tech tyrant oligarchs so all this has happened it's almost like i predicted it to happen which sadly i I wasn't trying to predict it i was trying to stave it off so i think where we go from here is is it still gets down to kind of that how do you reach the middle how do you reach the the family uh that just want to take their kid to soccer practice yeah uh, that just want to go to a high school football game, that they're not going to listen to to your show. They're not going to listen to, they're not going to watch Fox News or Newsmax they're, or OAN. Uh, they don't want to be in politics. But sadly, what's happening to them is they're being poisoned by this propaganda machine. 95% of the content that is developed are developed by essentially people that are left-wing, hard left-wing, or working for people that are left-wing. Uh, And it's propaganda. It's no different than the Chinese Communist Party propaganda, no different than Putin's propaganda, no different than what you saw uh, in the old Soviet Union and their satellite states like your former uh, uh, home country in Eastern Europe. So but now we're in a more dangerous time where social media is really determining what people receive on their handheld devices or iPads or, or desktops. Right. I, I, and I, I, that's what's scary. That's where it comes to 99.9% of the, of the information that's getting out to the soccer mom or that person I just described is absolute poison. I mean, you would think that, you know, Republicans are running around with, with horns on uh, and that, you know, Joe Biden is a fit uh, 35-year-old professional athlete. Before you came on air, Congressman Nunes... 
you we were getting clear what to put in your Chiron, what social media you're on, and you said, I'm not using Twitter. I'm on Parler. I'm on Rumble like we are here. So let's focus for a few moments on, on this question. Social media used to be a fun thing, right? This is where, oh, I, you know, find my old school, high school buddies or I post pictures of my dogs. After the last election, after the likes of Zuckerberg drop almost half a billion dollars into mm -hmm. privatizing the running of elections across America. When you see, you mentioned Hunter Biden, when, when Twitter censors the oldest newspaper in America, founded by Alexander Hamilton, that has the goods on the Hunter Biden laptop, and you're not allowed to resend that story. It is just deep-sixed in an Orwellian way until the election is won. Um, talk to us about your personal decisions with regards to social media and in the panoply of threats internally to the republic, where does social media rank in terms of, you know, the countdown to socialism, the title of your book? Uh, so, so I made the decision early on, it's a great question, back in early 2016, I have my own podcast. I largely started that podcast because I wanted to, uh, I, I knew I was being attacked daily by the fake news, not just one story. It was in some days I'd get... I get upwards of 100 fake news stories that would be out there in the realm. And, you know, there were a few good investigative reporters. You know, yeah, I, I had sometimes I would go on a few of the uh, Fox or something like that. You had investigative reporter Lee Smith, who, who you know well. Yes. Uh, there's a few people that were trying to get to the truth of this. But I was just being inundated by fake news stories that were being generated by political operatives, story after story after story. So I actually started a podcast because I needed to be able to reach my constituents my supporters around the country and around the globe so that they knew my side of the story. So I was just bringing factual information. Uh, so that started, you know, in that after after 18 is when I when I started it, actually, actually the end of 18, because I realized I was just getting you know beat to hell and nobody could hear my side of the story. So that continued to grow. And finally, I decided to go like you have from audio to to in addition to audio podcast to a video podcast at the same time. So I put it on YouTube. And I didn't think anything of it. I had, I think when I started, I had seven or 8,000 followers that I had built up over four years. And I started posting uh, my podcast to, to make it a video cast on YouTube. After a few months, I realized that I was being censored, that, that, that nobody, you couldn't, you could go onto Google or YouTube and type in Devin Nunes podcast, which by the way, creatively, Seabass, my podcast is named. <laughs> Devin Nunes podcast. And I decided to go in and I started Googling it and I started going to YouTube and guess what? I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. So, so then I decided, Hey, I needed to look around for another platform just to, just to post my video. That was it because I wanted to be able to email it out. I've got hundreds of thousands of people that, that have joined my team and I just wanted to place, put it on YouTube and send it out. And what oddly was happening is when I would put it on YouTube, email it out, I actually went down in views. So over the two or three month time, I was actually going down in views. It was so I was getting just a few hundred, which, you know, look, I have a big family. I would think at least my family would <laughs> click on the email and, you know, and, and watch it. So then something interesting happened. I, I, I contacted Rumble. I'd already made this decision. Twitter had already been shadow banning me. I had moved to Parler. Parler, I was growing exponentially. Uh, with several, you know, quickly I got up to to nearly a million followers on on Parler, even though I'd been on Twitter for, uh, you know, 
10 years since Twitter started where I had a million followers in just a few months, Parler equaled the number of followers I had on Twitter. So I just quit using Twitter. Then I went to, and then I found, I, I got a hold of this Rumble company because I just wanted a place where I could host my videos. And then something really interesting and really telling happened. And I went from, so remember, I had less than 10,000 followers on YouTube after four years. In three weeks, I had 30,000 followers on Rumble. In three and a half months, I had 350,000 followers. And now today, just a little over a year, with my two accounts, I have over 800,000 followers. Wow. Now, that is saying something for a site that a year ago nobody had ever even heard of. And I would, I would venture to guess that even today, the mass, you know, kind of those that, that independent soccer mom or somebody out there, they've never heard of Rumble either. So now, but now what's happened is, is I think that all conservatives have now re- realized all great podcasters, they're all on Rumble now because they know that they were being censored. What I kind of just stumbled into um, I'm sure that all of us, every conservative was, was being censored uh, on on YouTube. And so now all of us basically in the country are on Rumble. Matter of fact, I don't think I know a conservative that's not on Rumble. Yeah, I, I have to say that makes me feel much better. And I think my colleague as well who managed our YouTube accounts that uh, we, we were terminated twice. My personal account and uh, uh, also the show account was terminated because I had a guest who questioned the results of the last election. So let's jump to that issue. Yeah. So not yeah. just social media and the shadow banning and the cancellations, your concerns with regards to Facebook, what we now know about Zuckerberg, the last election, what we know about the censorship of Hunter Biden. It's more than just uh, censoring individuals. It is an onslaught. Is it not a centralized propaganda onslaught affected out of Palo Alto? Yes. And and so you've got a couple different issues there Uh, as it relates to the election integrity, election fraud. I think one of the mistakes that a lot of us have not focused on, including including former President Trump, is that you, you talked about it just a little bit ago. How can one guy get away with spending at least $350 million, possibly more? I like the way you termed it, of privatizing, creating your own so-called nonprofit army to go out there into 10 states, essentially 15 counties yeah. that all happen to be in the swing counties. I mean, this is major electioneering. Uh, this is the fraud that's right in front of our nose. And that ought to be what every Republican is out there saying. You know, Zuckerberg, why did you spend this money? Where did it go? That's where the investigations need to be. In addition to, I don't, I'm not faulting, you know, the states. We should do independent audits. We should have all the laws that are passing in red states now for vote, uh, having to have, have an ID. I agree with all of that. That work needs to be done. But at the big level, at the federal level, we ought to be saying, this is wrong. You cannot have these tech oligarchs that are out there. There's, there's barely, uh, very few of them. You've got Amazon, Apple, uh, Facebook. Um, Google, that's it. And, yep. and, you know, I guess Twitter is not, a, you know, he's not as wealthy as the other guys, but he's still a, a billionaire. But those, all those comp- companies essentially control every aspect of our lives. And if they want, they can essentially glean and spy and grab every piece of data. And in fact, they are doing it. They have all that. You're starting to see those stories leak out. The only other company that's out there that's doing the same thing uh, is TikTok, which is actually a Chicom company. Chinese. So the Chinese communists run that. So, yeah. um, and I don't see a lot of difference between what Facebook and Twitter and these guys are doing versus the Chinese Communist Party. Right. The way they're treating 
conservatives and Republicans in this country. They're grabbing all of our data. They're censoring what we see. Um, how is that any different than what, what the Chinese Communist Party does by banning certain types of information that flows to their citizens? There is no difference. No, there, 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 the there, 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 is, there no, is no difference. There, there is and no difference. And the fact that it's happening blatantly in a free country or quasi-free country is even more disturbing. When, when you've only got one political party and you've got gulags and you've got labor camps, it's a little bit easier. But it's happening right here. I have a, such a long list. I've scribbled down here the things I want to talk to Devin about. And I'm just going to get personal because you kind of brought it up. You, you talked about the attack pieces, 100 in a day which is a metric. Now, I thought I, I was a pretty cynical guy. My parents were kids under Nazi occupation. Uh, as adults, they were persecuted. My father was arrested, tortured, and imprisoned by the communist regime in Hungary. So I thought, ah, DC, I'm ready for that. I was wrong. When I went to the White House to serve as deputy to the president, I wasn't re I was ready for personal attacks on me. I got that. You know, the 52 hit pieces by one journalist alone in, in six months. But when they started attacking my wife, and when they started attacking my 18-year-old high school-age son in articles where he was described in the title as a traitor, I, I wasn't ready. I didn't think it was that bad. I, I don't want you to get too personal here, but I'd love you to give a glimpse to our millions of listeners across the country of the toll on you and your family, what the left tried to do to you, what they are still trying to do to you, and what your response was to those libelous, scandalous smear campaigns. Yeah, I think this is a message of hope and how you can fight back. So, you know, clearly what they did to my wife, what they did to my children, what they did to all of my extended family, including at the time, my 98 year old grandmother who just lived short, just a short or lived just a short distance away from her. Unfortunately, she she passed away at the ripe old age of 101 and a half. Wow. Uh, just just a little bit, just a few months ago. Uh, but, you know, stalking her, um, stalking everybody in my family, anybody that I had ever done business with. Um, and now you see it's kind of ironic that you see now the left is starting to eat their own or they're attacking senators, Democratic senators on their boats and uh, in bathroom stalls. Yeah. Uh, these are the types of tactics that should not be tolerated in the United States of America, but have been normalized over the last five years. You could even make an argument that this dates back. Probably the start of it was the whole Code Pink move movement. Mm -hmm. um, Soros and a lot of these billionaires that funded this, they continue to go in and fund races for district attorneys, letting out uh, criminals. That's one of the problems we have here in, here in California. Uh, but I but I would say this, that, you know, those there were a lot of dark days. And look, there's not a day that it goes by that I don't get attacked. There's actually probably not a, a minute or two that go by that I'm not attacked on on some of the social media sites. But uh, but still, any given day, I'm getting hit pieces that, that, you know, now I'm down from, you know, probably what averaged 15 to 30 a day for the better part of, of four and a half years. I'm probably down to two, three or four or five of them. But the irony is, is that now a lot of the attacks are, are a little different. And they're actually now going after the fact that I'm fighting back. They're doing fake hit pieces on the fact that I'm fighting back. <laughs> so how am I fighting back? I'm bringing defamation and conspiracy cases against these fake news Good. outlets. And I'm and I'm winning. Uh, you don't you don't read that. If you were to Google it right now, you'd see all kinds of crap out there. But the fact of the matter is, is that just in the last few months, two of the most critical decisions have been made. I'm successfully suing The Washington Post uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, 
uh, and that case is moving on to discovery. Uh, the Eighth Circuit uh, really granted a landmark appeal. I'm suing uh, another company uh, in uh, fake news company and journalist uh, in the Midwest. Uh, the Eighth Circuit gave, gave a landmark appeal on that. So we're winning. And the funny part is, is this fake news outlets continue to produce fake news. Uh, and so I will continue. And I've said this to them. And it's as if they don't believe me. If you slander me or defame me, which is illegal in this country, you will get your day in court with me. So I'm also I have a case now active in Texas. We're very hopeful on, on that case. So the fact of the matter is now the uh, they've turned away from all the fake news that they created over the last five years, essentially equating. And they still imply it sometimes that, you know, I'm somehow connected to Vladimir Putin, because when they can't when they can't blame global warming or they can't blame uh, the white white uh, racism, they, they revert back to Russia. And of course, that always involves me and President, Trump, which is ridiculous. But we are we are winning these cases. Um, I believe that this is the this is going to be the key how to fix a lot of this in America. You've got the social media component, which is a problem. But at the same time, these media companies that are mostly owned by billionaire activists that are out there as a propaganda arm of the Democratic Party, this is not okay. What, what made you famous is your stand, that, that historic press conference you gave when you said there is no there, 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 there is no Russia collusion, but there are very serious things, such as the unmasking, the illegal unmasking of American citizens. Let's let's talk about the concrete cases. I, for one, I'm, I don't think I'm personally affected in, in this instance, although I know the FBI did surveil us in the White House. I think the biggest story that hasn't been adequately understood or discussed is the unmasking part of the corruption, yeah. that we're talking about hundreds of Americans who were politically targeted and their identities uh, revealed or they were surveilled on spurious um, uh, arguments. Uh, am I right in saying that's still a big story that has to be understood by the American people and you think at some point it will be? Well, well, I hope so. I mean, you're starting to see it now more with these investigations that are occurring with the FISA court because that's where some of this occurred. Yeah. But uh, let, let's go back in, in time a little bit. So you essentially add, I knew there was no there there with the Russia issue because I was the one in 2016 that was criticizing the Obama administration publicly saying it was the largest intelligence failure since 9-11, the failure to understand Putin's plans and intentions because Putin was essentially having his way with the Obama administration going yeah. into Crimea, Libya, Syria, whole nother issue. So fast forward, and at the end, the only people who hadn't seen the P-Tape dossier and the Steele dossier was you and I and, and the Republicans, basically. <laughs> Everybody else had seen it, and it was an absolute joke. Once you did see it, there was no way anybody uh, could take this seriously. So you had that going on where I was, I was out there consistently saying, look, I'll gladly investigate this, but I don't have any evidence. How is it that I'm on the gang of eight? I've been around. I've been very involved in, in watching what Putin's actions are. And I have zero evidence whatsoever other than tweets and uh, public press releases from the Clinton campaign. Uh, and then this at the you know, at the time, that bogus ICA that came out in early 2017, I was just simply going out there and saying, look, I don't see any evidence of this. I don't see any evidence of it, but we'll gladly investigate it, uh, which we did. And we found nothing, but we found lots of malfeasance. Right. So that's one investigation. But you're bringing up another issue. And you may remember. The way that we, we got into this was because we had massive leaks. When the Flynn transcript leaked, call 
That was unprecedented. Every FBI agent in America should have been out looking for who did so let, that. Let's leak. be clear here. So the enormity of that is we're talking about a U.S. intelligence service intercept of a communication between a U.S. citizen and a Russian national, the transcript of which, classified, yeah. was leaked. And the tra- yeah, so you had this. So that was a major leak that every FBI agent and the, I was I, w- I just couldn't believe it. From the very beginning, I was saying, look, there's no Russia you know, stuff here. But what the hell is going on with this leak? What, I, how is this even possible? And why aren't people talking about this? This was a major scandal my whole time that I had been on prior to anything that would leak out from from, you know, supposed intelligence intercept would be a, a massive scandal at the highest level. And every FBI agent should be out trying to hunt down the person who was leaking this information. Then you may remember, you fast forward just a few weeks, then we had the leak of a transcript between the president of the United States uh, and the prime minister of Australia, then with the president of Mexico. And all of a sudden, what in the hell is going on here? What the hell is going on? So we, uh, you know, we had seen this a little bit before during the Iran nuclear deal, a few leaks like this that we believed were unmasking. So that was a separate investigation that was ongoing uh, and clearly uh, there were major crimes that were committed there, which is why at the time you may people get these two issues conflated between the Russia hoax investigation and the unmasking. And, and in fact, they're basically two they're two very separate things. And yes. I said so at the time in the press conference, very clearly, because all the fake news media, because that was at a time I was still talking to them. And I thought I was doing the right thing by briefing everyone, being transparent, you know, doing the things that, that I think the American people in a normal world without a propaganda media that just go out and defame and, and attack, if you had a real media, you would want to be out there and be and, and be transparent with them like I was doing. And the questions came, oh, you know, you're leaking information to the White House. You're, 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 you're subterfuging the Russian investigation. I said, no, no, no. None of these unmaskings have one damn thing to do about Russia. And in fact, that still is the case. The unmaskings that we then were able to prove several hundred of them done by Obama era officials. At uh, first, we looked at during the you know, Trump transition officials. Those all happened. They all occurred. They were all they were all unmasked. Uh, and then pieces of those, I believe, were illegally leaked. But look, as we found out with Flynn, uh, which was a little bit a different issue, as we later found out, because we don't believe that there was an actual masking there. That was just pure straight corruption of somebody. Whoever was listening to that went out and gave it to someone. Uh, that's, you know, it's a different crime in and of itself. Uh, but but look, it's hard to track down uh, who conducted these leaks. But the fact that they were using the intelligence apparatus, using this technique of unmasking to then get dirt on your political opponents, it happened. Um, you know, at one time there was an investigation. I don't know if some of that's been handed off to Durham or not. I would have no way to know that. But it was a major scandal in our nation's history that we still haven't gotten to the bottom of. Yeah, we, we, we have to discuss that. Um, have recent events, has the, the Sussman indictment given you hope that there will be some justice in terms of the Russia hoax? Yeah, and look, and I remain hopeful. It's, as I said earlier, like, you can't be in this job, live in California and you know, have your whole family and anybody around you, you know, be attacked uh, relentlessly. I have to have hope. I have to get up every day and think that we're going to ultimately reach that soccer mom, that independent, the guy out there working in the field, the guy driving a truck. The normal people that make this country go have to at some point realize things like, wait, wait a second here. Um, this white, everybody's a white supremacist. Uh, go on targeting my uh, a, a local parent because they go in and complain about something. 
uh, mandating all sorts of vaccinations, even for people that have already been vaccinated or have already had the virus, uh, to blaming global warming for anything under the sun. All of these issues, I think, overwhelmingly, uh, we can, we'll be able to reach the population. But first, it's going to take people going to rumble, going to parlor, so right. that you can't win wars, especially political wars, wars of ideas, if you have one side that can't communicate with each other. And that's really our problem here. Even amongst conservatives and Republicans, we don't have a platform that we can all con you know, can, can converse on. Um, Parler is up. It's back going. It's it's you know it's not nearly where it was with nearly 20 million of us on there. Uh, but I encourage. Look, we all got to get to these platforms, these free speech platforms, so that we ha we can open back up that channel, that that pipeline of communication. And then from that point forward, once we have all the facts, have all the information, we can invite others to get on those platforms and, and join us, so that they have ways to listen to your podcast, your video podcast, my podcast. Uh, that's going to be the solution. And we've got essentially. Um, about a year from now uh, to get it done, 13 months. we got to reach those independent voters yeah. so they throw, they realize the danger of socialism and communism to the United States of America. Have you identified, is there something about your background, a factor in your upbringing, your, your immigrant history with your family that makes you the fighter that you are? So I'm curious, have you kind of zeroed in on that? Yeah. And secondly, what is your message to those who, after November, feel dejected, demoralized, and feel like giving up on America? Well, let, let, me, yeah, let me take that, that last question first. Um, we've kind of already talked about it. The left wants you to do that. The left wants you to focus on this stuff. So stop it. Don't, don't take the bait of attacking you know, former presidential candidates of the Republican Party. It's a waste of time. If you're in one of those states where you can, where you can have real reform to election law, then do it. And on the second hand, what you ought to be doing is calling out these oligarchs that are continuing, whether it's Bezos who destroyed Parler for, for a while and cut off their communications, whether it's Fakebook and what, what, they, what they continue to do, uh, whether it's Fakebook and Zuckerberg who put you know, nearly some, you know, we still have an unaccounted half a billion dollars, that is worth your time. Uh, but the main thing is, is, is if you want to, what's, what's the old saying that uh, Ronald Reagan uh, used to say, if you want to be depressed, uh, go outside and lie down. Uh, if not, stay in the fight and, and, and be here to help to help us win. If you and now today you see the hypocrisy of these fools, whether it's Newsom or Kamala Harris or Biden or even Obama, they come. You know, they'll fly in here, they'll parachute into the San Joaquin Valley, and they'll say, "Oh my God, yeah, there's a drought." No, there's not a drought, you morons. It's because you're not using the system. That's built to that was built to withstand five years of drought. Instead, you're dumping water out to the Pacific Ocean, and then they say, "Oh my God, fire, smoke! Look at this! It's global warming." I mean, what a better Hollywood production than to have fires and smoke burning around you? I mean, I can't even breathe when I go outside right here now because there's so much soot and ash falling all over. Uh, and they say global warming. So these are dangerous people. They're cult. They're a cult. Uh, they're hypocrites. And you ask me, how did I get involved in this? Is because I was radicalized by these people because they uh, the ability of my family, my neighbors to make a living. And so every day I get up uh, and I'll continue to fight these bastards and I'll point out their hypocrisy. Uh, look, you got me kind of ticked off now, Seabass, but that's the, that's the background. <laughs> look, it's a beautiful. I'm so glad I asked the question. I mean, it's a beautiful imagery. 
because you said, you know, you were ticked off. You became pissed at seeing the crops, the, the work of your family's hands burn up because of stupid, ideologically driven mismanagement. And right now, for us as a nation, not just the 22nd District, you're fighting to stop not the, the crops burning up, but the foundational principles of this nation. So I'm glad I asked the question. You've still got that fire in your belly. If you were here in the studio with me right now, I'd reach across the desk and I'd shake your hand because we need many, many Devin Nunes in America, but you are an inspiration. Listen to this man's podcast, support him if you're in his district, follow him, and just be a bit more like him. God bless you, Congressman Devin Nunes. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.